Okay. So the title of the message was what? The whole armor of God. And that's from Ephesians chapter 6 from ver- Ephesians 6 from verse 10. 10 to 20. Okay. It's a little bit long, but let's 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 round up with it very fast. Okay. Finally, my brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Why is, it, why is Paul saying that you should be strong in the Lord? Which means there are instances where you feel weak. Amen. As a child of God. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. You don't say, I am strong because you are strong. You say, I am strong because you are weak. So why are, you saying, why are you saying, I am strong? Because you are calling upon the strength of God. Let the weak say, I am strong. Though you don't feel it. Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the sick say, I am healed. That's why we're, t- we're discussing the case. They don't say, my sickness. You have owned it. Instead, say, my healing. Own the healing instead. Amen. And it's not a confession you make one day. It's a continuous something. If the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 17, verse 17, right? pray without ceasing. It means every single day, pray. Every single day, make the same confession. Amen. Why Paul was saying that you should, you should be strong in the Lord was because of the armors he had to give, like Madame Fortier was saying, are there, and to see the things that you have to put around you to be strong. It says, in the power of his might, power is what? Exosia. Not exosia, not authority. It's what? Dunamis. The power of his might is what? Dunamis. Dunamis is dynamic ability to cause changes. So be strong in the Lord and in the dunamis, the ability of his, kratos, might. That's another uh, synonym for the word power. The word power still means might. But that those are synonyms, but they have two different meanings in, in Hebrew or in, in Greek. Amen. It says, and in the power, the ability of his strength, his might. Amen. Verse 11 now says, put on the whole armor. Why you are being strong in the Lord and the power of his might, we mean your dependency is on him and, and him alone. Amen. And then you have to put on the whole armor. But now, it says, put on the whole armor of God. Armor is protection, like you said, right? Armor is protection. Now, she was giving an analogy of a soldier. Amen. Now, this, Paul was in the era, I was writing this in the era of the Roman, the Roman Empire. Empire. And the Roman, the Roman soldiers were, were the true example of who soldiers were. Amen. Amen. All the things that Paul listed. Put on the whole armor, the whole protection of God, that you may be able to stand against the tricks, against the intentions, against the devices, against the manipulations of the devil. Put on the whole armor. But why should you put on the whole armor when you already have received Christ? You already have God in you. Amen. Remember I discussed last time, righteousness is a gift. Holiness is an art of discipline. It means you have to do it. Amen. But let's see. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the, the, the devil's tricks. You have to put it on to be able to stand. If you don't put them on, you may not stand. Amen. As a believer, you are not, it's not possible for you for the, whole, for, the evil, for the evil spirit to possess you. But they can have an influence over your life. Amen. Which means you cannot have the Holy Spirit in you and an evil spirit comes and lives in you. But you can have the, the influence of, the, of an evil spirit by your actions. Amen. It's just an influence. It's not a possession. Hallelujah. Now verse 12. For we do not fight against flesh and blood. Because a, a, a Buddha insulted me yesterday. 
I go and look for a match for a colors. I say you are a witch. I'll kill you. Oh. What made her? You are not a witch, right? Mm -hmm. What made the person? <laughs> what made the person a witch? It's not the person's words. It's the spirit inside. So you taking the colors to go and cut the person and kill the person. You have killed the flesh and the blood, which you are not supposed to fight against. And the spirit that was inside the person automatically leaves because it doesn't die. And goes and looks for another empty vessel and enters. So the process here continues. So you have not solved the problem by killing that witch. Amen. Amen. What the Bible says in the Old Testament? It says, do not allow a witch to live. Which means what? In the Old Testament, when you see someone who's a witch, you kill the person. That was the Old Testament. Because there was no Holy Spirit to cast out the devil. Amen. But in the New Testament, you don't cast, you don't kill the, the witch. What did Jesus Christ say? In Matthew, Mark chapter 16 and 18. In my name, you shall cast out the witch spirit devils. Hallelujah. So you don't fight against flesh and blood. Your brother who is against you, your sister is against you. It's not the person just being against you. There's a spirit behind it. Amen. Nobody just gets up and decides to be wicked. It's an influence. Either the person's upbringing, either the person's circumstance, either the person's friends influence him or her. Amen. Nobody to Maria decides to take a, a, a knife and kiss another person or go to take witchcraft and do. Sometimes it's because of the person's weakness. Because the person was not strong in the Lord. And the person allowed the evil, maybe the devil to influence them. They can put their hand somewhere. And jealousy sets in. And when jealousy sets in, the devil takes over your heart. And then your actions now are controlled by the evil spirit. You guys are you start looking for something to kill your sister, your brother, not knowing that there's an influence. Behind. And we that work physically, we start looking for means to kill the person physically. Amen. Yeah. That's where can live and come back to the same, that same family and another person. All of a sudden, somebody who was not stubborn becomes like the person that you both killed. That's why the Bible talks about forgiving one another and praying for one another. Yeah. Amen. He said, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. But as a child of God, one thing we have to understand is, we are not struggling to fight to defeat the enemy. He was already defeated when, they, when Jesus Christ died and went to the grave. The Bible says he threw off principalities and powers and made an open show of them. What was he saying? That he conquered them. As children of God, we are not fighting to be conquerors. We are more than conquerors. That was Romans chapter 8 verse 27 says, right? It's 37. Romans chapter 8 verse 20, verse 30. 31 or 37. Maybe check. Check, please. <coughs> Romans. Okay. No, it's not. Uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. While he went ahead and fought for us. So when the Bible talks about being more than conquerors, it's telling that you are that soldier that we are talking about putting on the armor of God, right? But you are not putting on the armor which you made. You are putting on the armor that God gave you through salvation. Amen. Okay. 
And by the way, when the Bible is talking, saying that we are not fighting against principalities and powers, where are they? In Ephesians chapter 2, verse the Bible says, God has put us together with Christ and seated in heavenly places above principalities and powers. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. It says, And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Why did he put us up together with Christ? It means where Christ is, that's where we are, by faith. Hallelujah. Where he is, that's where we are, by faith. So if Jesus Christ, the Bible says, God has put all his enemies under his footstool, and we are the body of Christ, he is the head, it means the devil is where? Under our foot. Hallelujah. So we should always have in our mind that we are more than conquerors first. We are not fighting to defeat the enemy. Jesus Christ has already defeated the enemy. We are simply enforcing the defeat. Not enforcing by going to fight. We are enforcing by reminding him of the defeat that he had. The Jesus Christ died and went to the grave. Amen. That's why you do it by speaking. The power of the word of God is not in this Bible. Like this one, I don't say it. It means the power of God has been reduced. <laughs> you have turned the power of God. Eh? Like this one, the power of God is in this phone. When the battle goes on, my Bible has gone off. My, 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 my power has gone off. The power in the, Bible, the word of God is not the Bible that you take and put under your pillow where you hear that people are pressing people in the night in that quarter. The word will still come and press you. Yeah. Amen. The power in the word of God is in your mouth. You saying it. That's why if Jevra is doing something and I say, Jevra, stop that. She, she will react to this, the way I said it because there's no authority in it. Right? She will think that I'm joking. That's how we are. many Christians deal with the devil. We just say it as if we are joking because we are afraid of the devil. But I say, Shevra, stop it. Because of that action and the, the, the force I put it, she will either, she, either she shake and then she will like, okay, now somebody has spoken with authority. Amen. The devil recognizes authority and knows that wherever he comes into your life, he is not permitted to be there. He's coming illegally. So once you understand your place as a child of God, having those armor, you can be able to command the devil. Because he knows that he's there by your ignorance. But once he knows that you have knowledge, he will leave. Hallelujah. That's why as children of God, the best form of deliverance is not by saying, out in the name of Jesus, by what? Knowledge. That's why we're going to see one of the armors. Truth. Amen. Hey, something's on the fire. Right. Correct. Amen. That's the what the tricks of it. <laughs> They're not fighting against rice and beans. Amen. We are against the forgetfulness to switch up the fire. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Verse 13 says, Therefore take unto you the whole armor of God. Why is, the, why is he repeating again? He first said in verse 11, put on the whole armor. Now he comes to verse 13, take on. Amen. Take means you should carry it along. In verse 11, it says, put it on. Verse 30 says, take it along with me. Wherever you go, it should be with you. Amen. Take unto the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and have it done all to stand. Why? Because as a soldier, you don't just put on your arm and start fighting. Soldiers, don't, when they come back to their barracks, they don't put on their body, their, those their uh, 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 bulletproofs and everything, and they are holding their sheets. 
they are relaxed. They go to and bed, right? They don't bed with those things. But they always get, they are always prepared. When they hear that there's a need for you to be prepared, in the space of five seconds, they have already won their, all their tactical gear, ready for battle. That's how a child of God should be. We mean at every instant they are caught to fight, you should be able to put it on. It means it should be available around you. That's why you put it on and you carry it along. If you're not putting it on, it should be with you. When you need it, put it on you. Amen. Soldiers don't carry their, their war, their salt and everything every day and they're moving around. They need to eat. They don't eat with uh, salt in their hand. <laughs> they put it down. Which means there's a time to fight. There's a time to rest. Amen. Have you seen any Christian who is fighting battles every single day? But there are Christians who, who automatically call back to support themselves. Every 2 a.m. They get up and they are fighting all the witches that are in their quarter. <coughs> Amen. Please water. <clears throat> That's what they call misplaced priorities. Every 2 a.m. You say, no, they have told you in one book that you read that the, the witches and wizards are always operating at 2 a.m. Every 2 a.m. you are up. The Bible says God gives his beloved sleep. You know, you don't deny your own sleep. You are there casting and burning and killing all the devil. Jesus Christ did not kill one devil. What did he do? He cast them out. Because while their day has not come. You cannot kill a spirit. You are not permitted to kill a spirit. But then sometimes we pray, we say, all spirits of this is die. It's not possible. That's a useless prayer. Amen. You only say, out. If it was possible, Jesus Christ would have killed the devil the day he died. But he did not. So why are you doing at 2 a.m. You are casting, you are killing all the devils and witches in your and every day you are killing them. It means they are not dying. Or when they die, other ones come and replace them. Amen. Hallelujah. So what should you do? Better wake up at 2 a.m. and praise God. Is I get up and I praise God, or I study the word, which is also air and armor. Amen. You cannot know the truth without studying the truth. You cannot hold a sheet of faith without the word of God. Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Hearing. And hearing by the word of God only. So if you have to have a sheet of faith, you have to study the word of God. From there, you have faith. If you watch, it, watch the news, Every single day that they talk about war in Sierra Leone, war in this way, what happened? You become afraid. If they tell you that mommy is jagged, we, have, we don't give you visa. Come on, go Sierra Leone. They say war in that country. Why? Fear. But if you don't hear anything about the war in Sierra Leone, and every day you're studying the word of God, they say go to Sierra Leone. You're happy to go because why? you don't have any knowledge of war. You have no knowledge of fear. Amen. Verse 40 says, Stand therefore, having your waist, your loins, get about with truth. She was talking about a belt. Nobody puts on a belt and loses, makes it loose. It, it, that's not the purpose of a belt. A belt is to hold your waist firm, it's to hold your trouser firm. So, all these young boys that they put the tie bars, they put it there, they open it, they push it now under. That's not the purpose of the belt. Amen. Nobody will respect you when you dress like that. And soldiers in those days did not wear trousers or military fatigue as our military wear trousers now. Yeah, they wore but, uh, uh, gowns. Amen. The Roman soldiers wore, they had a, a dress that they just, it's like just have only a neck and wear their hands passed. So they just wear it like that. Because sometimes it had uh, 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 metals 
that was uh, added to the to the to the dress. They just wear it like a mother. That's how it was. So you cannot go and fight without tying it. But it needs to hold your waist so it stands firm. Amen. So you have to tie your waist with truth, which means it should be something that holds you firm. Like she said, let your yes be your yes. What I'm doing, I'm just adding. Amen. She, her message was complete. Amen. You're, 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 you should always stand firm. If it is yes, it is yes. If it is no, it's no. Hallelujah. It says, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. First of all, truth. Let me go back to truth. Who is truth? Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Hold it on your waist. Tie it firm. He said, having on the breastplate of righteousness, what the Roman soldiers did was, they had, even though they wore that dress, but they had another sheet that they put on their, on their chest. What the, 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 the English, the, the Anglo-Saxons did was, they had it, it was little small, small chains. Like this, uh, this dog chain, right? The smaller version. So they'll, they'll put it like this, zigzag, zigzag, zigzag. So when you pierce them with a knife, it will not enter. When you try to cut them, you hit the, those chains. Amen. And the Bible is talking about you should put having the breastplate of righteousness, which it should be on your chest. Where is your heart? On your chest. Where is your lungs? On your chest. What is righteousness? It's a gift from God, right? And Jesus is a peace, is a is a, is a, is the embodiment of the righteousness of God. So which means if you carry it on your chest where your heart is, it means righteousness should rule your heart. Amen. Amen. What the Bible says, righteous sin is a reproach. Righteousness exalts a nation. So you can see put righteousness exalts a person. Exalts means it lifts up. Amen. So righteousness should be on your chest. It should be that which, when somebody sees your heart, they see the righteousness of God through you. And righteousness is a gift because it comes by salvation, by you confessing Jesus. Your heart is the only place that somebody can see and determine who you are. If you're wicked, it's your heart. If you're good, it's your heart. That's what they always say, right? It's not that the heart thinks. The heart does not think. It's the brain that thinks. Amen. So when the Bible is talking about heart, or referring only to the heart, it's not talking about this organ that beats. It's talking about the central system of you as a human being. Amen. It's your heart that gives you life, or that sustains your life. It's the heart that pumps the blood. The Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood. The heart is that organ that pumps it to flow around. It removes impurities, sends it to the liver, and they, 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 they go, go get uh, metabolized and passes through urine or urine. Hmm? And the blood comes back pure and the heart circulates it. So once that heart stops, whether your blood was as good as that of a newborn baby, you stop living. Whether your brain was the perfect brain and the brain of a genius, you stop living. So everything about Christianity is that protect your heart. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, a man, the mouth speaks. The mouth speaks. If I tell you that, my dear, all the attributed doers will be very wicked picking. See, now just I sorry you. What, what I'm saying, I'm not saying it because she just got me angry now. It has been inside. Because if she had never done anything I, and she got me angry now, I have nothing to say. I'm like, wait, why is the word even waiting? Are you waiting? Why? Because there's nothing inside. There's no abundance to speak it out. And why is it coming out? If I take this cup now, like April was pouring me this water, she stopped at one point, right? Mm-hmm. If she continued, what happened? Spill over. That is it. 
So the heart should be full, but not full of things that will spill over. Let my heart spill over with love, yeah. no hatred. But if it spills out with hatred, you will see the actions. Amen. I can be jealous of you. It's a good thing because God himself is jealous. But now if I allow the jealousy to get into envy and I express it, that's when it becomes wickedness. You have a, 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 a girl child. No, let me say, we had a girl child. We're jealous, right? It's not the jealousy of like, hmm, get, get picking. We'll see. Amen. But positive jealousy with me, you see something, you admire it. You even say it, Master, do you think fine? You're like, I wish I had one. You're jealous. But you're not jealous to envy. You're jealous with appreciation. Okay, let me see I can get my own, not by a negative means. Amen. So it says, having the breastplate of righteousness. I explained that right. Verse 15. And your feet ready with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Why gospel of peace? Don't miss somebody at the first you say that. You know the Bible says all have sinned and come short of God. Because my sister repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's not the gospel of peace. That's gospel of condemnation already. You already condemn the person. Think, assume that the person is a sinner. You don't know if that person is seeing the pastor. I've already started someone to come at me and is telling me the Romans chapter 6, 8, uh, uh, 6 verse. Like 23, for all have seen I come short, I'm like, you don't even know who I am. You are talking to a pastor. Hmm? If you were a fat, eh? Shabira, who makes the air? Who farted? Who you doing? She's a Amen. So you gospel of peace. Gospel of peace is the gospel of Jesus. Who is Jesus? Prince of peace. And every instant where Jesus Christ moved, he brought in peace. Go into your house and there's war, and your presence, everybody becomes quiet. And they're waiting for you for peace to go out. What should start? Be that kind of the person that you enter and you're insignificant. As you enter, hey sister, which be anything. Mrs. Mm, Jack, I believe me that if I wait for the first, more finish. Why? Because you don't carry that presence that brings peace. Amen. They see you like one of them, so you understand how to do these things. But if they know you as somebody who's never quarreling, they have never heard your voice, once you enter, they will respect your presence. Why? Because you carry that peace. Gospel is good news. Amen. Gospel is good news. So he's talking about your feet, preparation of the gospel of peace. What, is your, what do you use your feet to do to move? And you don't get into any house without moving. So wherever you walk, carry good news of peace. Wherever you, your legs move to, somebody should see you and see peace. Amen. Hallelujah. Gospel of peace, not gospel of war. Peace, which means you should be able to, to, to speak great words of grace. The Bible says, let your word be seasoned with salt. What do you use salt to do? To make food to be tasteful. To be taste, taste. Tasteful. <laughs> to have taste. Taste salt gives taste to food. And the, and the Bible says we are the salt of the earth in Matthew chapter 14. Amen. That you are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Amen. The Bible says we are the light of the world in Matthew chapter 14. And we are the salt of the earth. It says where the salt loses its savour. 
it is useless, but thrown under feet, and men trample or horn. Amen. So be that kind of person where you give taste to life. You give taste to every single thing. Hallelujah. It is above all, taking the shield of faith. What is faith? Hmm? It's not incomplete. What would you not see? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2. Now faith is... Uh, 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. I want to have a TV. I bought a cupboard. But there's no TV. But there's a space for a TV. This is the substance of the TV I'm hoping for. When I sit here and I'm looking, I'm seeing CNN, evidence of things not seen. So in my mind's eye, I'm picturing what I'm hoping for. I'm seeing the reality of it in my spirit. And what do I need to do to bring it to reality? I walk towards it. You save towards it. Amen. There's no TV here. This is not our TV. Which means there'll be a TV. Yes. Shield of faith. So the Roman soldiers, what they did was they always had their shield and they made their shield to be lo- to be taller than them. The Zulus in Africa, their own was a small, small round like that. It made no, it made no difference. Because most of the time they, they did not have, they used their swords. Mm-hmm. They did not know. Because they had those small things, it was not working because it was small, yeah, got knife. So they are making, eh, eh, but when arrows came in, the Roman soldiers thought, started because they are the people that defined the art of war, the Roman, the Roman Empire. The big sheets that were taller than them. Remember in the Old Testament, they talk about the sheet of Goliath. That was an example. Which means once the, the, the enemies are shooting their arrows from the top, from, from, from up, what they do is they always form a, have a formation and they put their sheets all to cover them. The people in front put it and stand it, while those behind, they lean on top of the other ones like this. This one stand like this, they put it like this, like a, a zinc. And all the arrows just come and hit it from the top. Are you getting the picture? Shield of faith. Why shield of faith? The Bible says you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts. Because the Roman, Paul was writing because he was living in the Roman era where they had wars. And in those days, what they did was for them to cause maximum damage to their enemies, they did not just shoot normal arrows. The arrows had a, 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 some small, small things that they could put in magnetic uh, kerosene inside and they would dip it in fire. And that's what they would shoot. So once it hits you, Start burning you, so it causes bigger damage. Amen. Since the tip of the arrow is hot, it will penetrate your skin faster. Amen. So the Bible is telling that you should hold that have that shield like those Roman soldiers. So whatever the enemy shoots with those fire, you can quench it. Faith is the blocker. In Hebrews chapter eleven verse, the Bible says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please God." So once you have faith, you please God. God stands for you. Amen. And realizing that the faith is a shield, it means even when the enemy shoots an arrow, because you have faith, you don't need to say, I have the shield of faith, you, hold, you show your hand like this. You, you know what the devil is doing, why? Because it's that barrier. Shield means a barrier. Amen. A force field around you.
Amen. You can be able to quench all the fiery arrows of the wicked. That's why some people pray, say, on any evil arrow towards my family and my, my life, back to sender. What are you doing? So the arrow is coming, you shield of it, you hit it back to go back to sender. No, the Bible says quench it, not send it back. Quench it, you mean the devil will keep shooting. As you keep quenching, the devil will get tired because it's not working. Amen. Okay, almost to the end. It says, verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. She gave example of by people. Yes, the Roman people had helmets. Helmet is to protect your head. Who is the author of our salvation? Jesus. Where do you put a helmet? On your head. Which means you should carry your salvation on your head as a protection. Somebody sees you say, hey, no, he's protected. Amen. Salvation is not just salvation from, from the devil into God. Salvation is a word soteria, which means complete saving. You are saved financially, you are saved spiritually, you are saved from every other thing. It's total salvation. Amen. So when somebody sees you, they see that protection over your head. That helmet of salvation, which is Jesus himself. That you see, you know that you carry Jesus because he's the head of you. Remember, you are the church, right? And Jesus Christ is the head of you. 17, verse, continue, continuing in verse 17. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit. Let me just read something in Hebrews chapter 4. Mm, 16, no, 12. Okay. Remember the, the, the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. This is linking, right? I'm linking the Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, verse 18, rather, verse 17, to this Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. See, for the word of God is quick, which quick means alive. Because I didn't read from your good news. For the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Hey, Buddha, they don't say sword. It's a sword. Hmm? They spell it S-W-O-R-D. They spell it like sword. But they pronounce it sword. So the W is almost silent. Sword. Hmm? Good English. We're going to have to say, no, it's not called sword, madam. It's called sword. Now you are coming to no, show in this class. You, you Amen. Say, for the word, the word of God is powerful, is quick, is alive, and powerful than, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Remember, Ephesians says the word of God, uh, the sword of the Spirit is what? The word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. And Ephesians, uh, Hebrews 4 is telling that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Soul and spirit. When you pierce somebody to stab somebody, what are you doing? You're trying to separate life from that person. Amen. And when the person bleeds you, then what have you done? You have, you have successfully removed, extracted the person's spirit from the body. So you have divided the two. Amen. It says, and the joints and marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God is what, the, what judges your heart. Sword is what you use to, to break things. 
if you have a, a can a cancer, if you have a, a fib fibroid, what do you need to do is the word of God that you speak to it. That's why I say the power of the word of God is not in the Bible you carry. Her profession is good news. My own is King James. My wife's own is New King James. Her own is NIV. So it means the, which Bible do we have now? Which one is the true one? Amen. But it should be in your word. Whatsoever you want in this life is by you speaking it. Whatsoever you know you don't want in this life by you sitting quiet, I will still come to you because the devil doesn't need your permission to come. Once you're quiet, you'll come. Do you know somebody who, who a, a lady who queries too much, the neighbor, the neighbor around don't come towards her? Because she's talking too much, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know, say they are coming, you give my share. But the person who is always quiet, all the neighbors make friends with you. Why? Everybody wants the gospel of peace. Everybody wants somebody who is peaceful, who is calm. Not the Amen. Mm-hmm. Not the troubled dress. <laughs> Troublemaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. These are negative prophecies, though. Amen. So I was just trying to to link us Hebrews chapter six verse seventeen to Hebrews chapter four verse twelve. Okay. Verse 18 says, praying. Now, the verse 17 is not the full stop. It's a color, which means it continues. So, once you take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, you need to pray. Amen. Prayer embodies, prayer enriches your relationship with God. It builds trust, it builds bond. Amen. The more you pray, the more you feel closer to the Father the more you can be able to understand, to know that he loves you at every time and is there for you. That all the armors that you have put on, that you take with you, whenever you want to use it, he's there to back you. Amen. As she's here with me, she can become stubborn to anybody that can. Why? She's with her father. There's that confidence she has. She doesn't know why she has it. But she knows my father is there. But when she goes out in her now, she cannot make trouble. Because if anything happens, she starts running through for her father. Why? She's looking for that confidence. The Bible says in verse, the first, first, uh, verse 11, be strong, verse 10, be strong in the Lord. She's strong in me as a father. Out there she's not strong in me. Why? When the Bible says she be strong in the Lord and the power of the mind, it's talking about being in his presence at all times. Presence is not coming to church. It's not going to a place of fellowship. Presence is that atmosphere, that consciousness of God around you. This is my house, right? We're having church. It's not a building. Church is not where you put the signboard. Church can be you, you alone in your room. Church can be you alone with your one neighbor. You are discussing about the things of God. That is church. Amen. It says, once you have the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always. First Thessalonians chapter five verse seventeen. Pray without ceasing. Just guys told the disciples, watch and. Watch means always observe seasons and times. No one to carry to, to use the armor to fight. No one to keep it down and rest. Amen. That's why pastors, many pastors fall by the wayside because we fall, we, we, we are we are concentrated to satisfy people. We don't rest. Which means you're fasting and praying every day, every day. You're praying every day in the night. You are you are preaching from uh, Monday, Tuesday service, you are there. 
Friday service, you are preaching. Sunday, you are preaching. You preach for 10, five years. You are, all, you are doing every single what you have. You suffer from pastoral burn, burnout. You realize that you are sick without the devil. It's not the devil. You are having consistent headache. Prophetic people said, when I have headache, the church was like, eh? See, yes. When I have headache, I sometimes I would like, maybe, God, let me pray. God said, shut up, go and sleep. You are tired. You are there fasting and praying. You are up and down, up and down. You are tired. Go and sleep. He came up with uh, uh, water issue, water type. People should drink water every 4 a.m. It's not, it's not spiritual. It's natural. It's not a natural thing. It's talking about cleansing your system. Yes. He understood it. That's why he is not, he's now resting in his preaching. And most Sundays, he doesn't come and preach again like before in, those, in 2010. Now he has people who are come to preach. He can't be one or two hours. He does his own too. Why? He has raised people to help him in the work. Uh-huh. Amen. To look for 70 elders that can help him. Because Moses will have died. How can you be controlled with 1. How many million people? How do you talk to them? So you need to rest. Balance it. That's why where I'm working, they say there's what they call work-life balance. They force you to take leave. They force you. When you, when you get up one... When you get up, when you get up, when you get up, I say you are not feeling fine. You just send a message. I have a little. No, hey, just rest. That's why you have uh, sick leave. Rest. You can take it two days. It's not your leave, oh. It's not your annual leave. It's your sick leave. Every single time you accumulate hours, I can that. I can say, okay, before going to that, I want to go to your husband and take four hours. He say, okay. I come and say, I'm taking four hours sick leave. He say, okay. If many don't have something else, that is it. After two days, you can stay in the house. But on the third day, I expect that I mean, you should go to the hospital if it's taking that long. But two days, people just, ah, just stay at home for two days. They don't work. They are paying you. Yeah. Why? They want you to balance your work life and your family life. Family life. Because not, if you fall today and die, they have lost a valuable asset, but they'll still replace you. But they have to protect you still. Amen. That's the same thing with God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So as you have taken on the helmet, you are putting on, remember that in everything, also pray for the saints. Amen. Because while you can be strong in the Lord, they might not be. That's why you intercede for one another. Hallelujah. Unfortunately,